Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Hey, today's podcast is sponsored by the hundreds of you who joined Premier Coaching in the last 30 days. So congratulations to all of you who have taken action and joined Premier Coaching. If you've not yet done so, it's easy to do so. Just simply text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, Premier Coaching, when you join now, because we're you know very grateful and thankful because of all of you making this the number one listen to daily podcast, uh, in at least the United States, we are giving you Premier Coaching for free. That's right. It costs you absolutely nothing to join Premier Coaching. And this is the same coaching program with a lot of enhancements, frankly, that we have sold for years for at least $3,000. And you can join now for free and have instant access to all of the first level. It includes a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris Certified Coach. So just text the word Premier to 47372. Or you can, of course, just go to members com. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you're frankly listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes or Spotify or in the million of other places this podcast is syndicated, the show in the show description in the notes there is a link you can just click that link as well. All right, so Julie, we are on part 2 and the topic really is about being obsessed. That's right. And what is the difference between really being obsessed with your success versus just kind of skating along and seeing what the market's willing to give you? So we are here to tell you uh, what makes the difference. And we did points one through five yesterday. That was uh, part one. Now we're on to part two. Are you obsessed with your success? I had, Julie, I did, we should address this. I just had this come to mind. I had someone message me on Instagram, actually. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Tim and Julie Harris. And they were actually worried about our use of the word obsession. And I don't think they they were wrong in their uh, question about it. Because the word obsession is oftentimes associated with something bad, right? Sure. I mean, you can't think of many, you know, what's the good connotation for the word obsessed? There really isn't one in today's, you know, modern vernacular. Mm -hmm. And again, this agent was probably right in pointing that out. But you replace the word obsessed. Don't just get stuck on that word with whatever it is that's going to resonate with you. The point of it, it, the point really was, is to have a unified mission. And really the optics or the visual I had when Julie and I were putting together these notes was I, I like to read personally a lot of uh, Navy SEAL books and, and, you know, we're blessed to have actually a, a few very good friends who are Navy SEALs or form, you know, ex Navy SEALs and special forces guys. And one of the reasons that one of the things I take from the books and I take from being with them is they have developed a mindset or an approach to life that focuses on fewer things, but the things they focus on are the most important things. And that really, I think, resonates with me because it's right in alignment with where really what our, you know, our coaching message is and our book, uh, Harris Rules. It's all about is focusing on fewer things, not on more things. And yet everybody in life is trying to get you to focus on more things. If you go to the news, if you go to the just wherever you go, every turn of the road, they're trying to get you to think about more things than you really need to be thinking about. No matter how smart you are, you're still going to be limited to how many things you can focus on at a high level. And I'll give you a really good example from actually somebody famous, Elon Musk. He was, um, I forget what podcast I was listening to with him on it, and he was talking about the fact that he was selling all of his houses. You guys may have heard about this. 
And this was maybe a year ago. He was selling all of his houses, most of them in California, and some of these houses were just spectacular. But one of the houses in particular, actually it was Joe Rogan's podcast, mm-hmm. now I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. One of the houses in particular that he was selling was a series of houses that were up on a cliff. It turns out, no one should be surprised, Elon Musk was about to build what it, what it amount to his own um, – uh, what was the cartoon? Tony ca- Stark. The, his own Tony Stark. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Cliffside glass, you know, weirdo house. Basically, he was about to, you know, he was laying plans to build some ridiculous Iron Man type fortress place. The whole thing. I'm sure it had flying cars and God. Well, if anybody knows how to build it, it would be him. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so he said he sold all of his, his homes and he sold the land uh, that all those uh, that this big Tony Stark thing was going to be on. The whole thing. He sold all of it. And Joe asked him why. And he said, because I only, the essence of it was, is because I did not want to be obsessed with building a house, which I would have been, especially if it was for me, because it would have taken my energies away from getting humanity to Mars or taking energies away from building my other companies. I mean, he's involved in a million different things that you guys might know. It's more than just uh, SpaceX and Tesla, more than just, frankly, even, um, what's the satellite thing called? Starlink. Starlink, yeah. Yeah. And there's other things too. So, you know, he said, I did not want to devote my energies, my, you know, mental energies towards anything other than the betterment of and the accomplishment of the big goals and the small goals would have actually distracted. And yet, what do most of us do? We make the small goals, the things that really shouldn't even be on our plates in the first place, be the things that dominate, not even goals, the small things to do. We make those things the things that dominate our mindset, so we never get around to doing the most important things. Mm-hmm. The homework, I, so you know, learn from the richest man in the history of humanity. Learn from perhaps one of the smartest men ever to live. Right? He's certainly has figured out what mm-hmm. the point of the prevailing point of what Juliana's coaching company is, which is really to help you guys focus on really what truly matters. I gave you a homework assignment after yesterday's podcast. I wonder how many of you did it. Um, I'll reassign it after today's podcast, too, in case you didn't listen to yesterday's or you're out of sequence. You can always listen to all of our old podcasts, our previous podcasts. There's over 2,000 on all the major podcast listing devices and over on YouTube as well. So I will reassign yesterday's homework today. So point number six, Julie. Point number six, agents and brokers who are obsessed with success in real estate own their success. They say things like, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's their motto, their affirmation, their theme song. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. Mediocre or struggling agents expect their broker, their team leader, or Zillow to deliver on all of their opportunities versus owning it and saying, you know what, it's really up to me. There's a flip side to that too, and this is again leaning back into the Navy SEALs things. If It's called basically ultimate accountability or you're responsible for everything that happens in your life, good or bad. A lot of people love to take you know, responsibility or credit for the good things that happen, but how frequently do we take credit or blame for the bad things that happen? Most people are conditioned. I see this with Zoe too, frankly, our mm-hmm. almost nine-year-old, right? Her go-to is it's not my fault, and that's sort of a childish reaction, obviously, yep. to you know, having done something wrong. But how many of all of us have taken that into our adult lives? What's on the other side of never willing, being willing to take responsibility for the things you screwed up? You don't learn from them, and you just continuously repeat them. So what happens if you were to decide to have a life where you are going to take responsibility or you are going to realize that everything good happened was largely because of the efforts that you made and everything bad that happened was the same thing? What happens if you actually start truly accepting the fact that you lost that listing, not because 
um, the other agent knew the seller or the other agent underpriced or the other agent charged less commission or the other agent, whatever, all your sort of ingrate at uh, your, uh, your built-in excuses for failing. What if you just accept the fact that you didn't get that listing because the other, the seller thought the other agent was better than you. What if you actually just start realizing when you lose, it's because it's, you know, essentially the world's, the universe's way of telling you, you need to improve. That is a very powerful way to live your life. Point number seven. Point number seven, the most successful agents who are obsessed with their success embrace discipline. Another painful thing for some to hear. They know what makes the money in real estate. The most successful agents can tell you who their next clients are and how they generated those leads in the first place. They are not subject to the whims of the real estate gods, to luck or to hopium. They run a successful, duplicatable, proactive real estate practice. So this all comes down to numbers, right? Yes. So for example, many of you are going to be awash in expired listing opportunities <laughs> over the next six oh, to yeah. 12 months. And it's going to be the greatest blessing uh, that you've ever experienced. Now, of course, if you're the listing agent who's having those listings expire on you, well, that's not so much the case. You're going to have to learn to get your listings sold. We've done podcasts on that. But for the rest of you, if you've ever wanted to be a listing agent, perhaps the best opportunity to do so in the last 15 years is right at our doorstep now. It's called Expired Listings, and we've got a whole series coming up next week. Yes, next All week, especially because the month just flipped, and that means that we are in expired Palooza. You've got lots more opportunity. I've been talking to coaching clients all week, and they're already seeing a flood of expired. So I, as you said, not so great for the sellers that expired, but fantastic opportunity for agents that will help them now sell. So this is the type of thing we teach you in the coaching business, right? So you are now going to start contacting, let's just say, for example, 20 expired or 10 expired per day. And then you're going to be able to get to the point where you know what you're doing and you know how you're doing it. Say for every 10 contacts, a contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult, not a letter, not a text, not a Facebook follow, not a uh, YouTube video, not a little TikTok video, an actual conversation with a decision-making adult whose house just expired. For every 10 that you contact, when you start actually learning to do what, you know, basically perfecting your skills, you will usually get a very good opportunity to list the house, a listing appointment with two or three of them. Now, of that, you might list one of them. This is with you just getting started. And how long you take to get to the next level, it's completely up to you. Our very experienced um, expired hunters, is what we call them, will then make the same 10 contacts with expired listings. And what they'll do is they'll set usually five or six listing appointments from that. And what they'll usually then do is take five or six listings from that. So if you're not in a market where there's a lot of expired yet, there will be, and you've got to realize that expired listings, especially because we're coming out of an era where there's so few agents that know how to actually work them, know how to be proactively generators, is going to create one of the greatest opportunities that the industry has ever seen for agents who are learning, willing to learn how to be proactive lead generators. The point being, it's all about numbers. You need to be uh, to the point where you're going to wake up every single day you know you're going to make your desired number of contacts, whatever that number is, and from that you're going to be able to set one pre-qualified listing appointment per day. You know every single week you're going to go on five pre-qualified listing appointments per week. Maybe you get two on Friday and you get you guys get the point. It may not be one every day, but however it works out, it works out. And then from that, you will get to the point where you're able to take every single listing you go on. That is what we call being a very, very profitable 
uh, real estate professional. And by the way, none of these uh, listings that you're taking are going to have referral fees. None of these listings that you're taking are going to be, you know, essentially bought leads through social media or videos or any of the rest of it. This is all from you knowing what to say, how to say it, you following an organized professional approach to your real estate business. Exactly. And point number eight, agents and brokers who are obsessed with success in real estate, they deal with the market shift head on. They realize that good times can create bad real estate salespeople and tough times actually create superstars. I'm going to give you an example. You should read that again. Okay. Uh, If you're obsessed with success in real estate, you will meet the market shift head on. The agents that look at it that way realize that good times create bad real estate salespeople and tough times create superstars. That's right. So an example with somebody I just hung up with, Jennifer Turner, great up-and-coming agent in Texas. Everything we talked about today was a direct result of the market shift. The amount of things that she's learning and putting together because she now can get FHA buyers in contract. She now knows a lot more about different types of mortgage products. She knows how to deal with home inspections. All of that kind of thing didn't really matter even you know a year ago or six months ago. So she is meeting the, the market head on. And you know what? She was excited to be adding to her knowledge base because she realizes that she can help so many more people as a result. Well, it is, your quote there is absolutely true. Good times, good real estate markets create bad real estate salespeople and bad real estate markets create superstars. And that is unbelievably true. Now, here's an advantage old grizzled veterans like Julie and I have had, we are, and a lot of you have had the same experience. If you've been in the market, especially during the housing bust, you have got to be licking your chops at what's going on now. You've got to be going bonkers waiting for the market to actually start adjusting to a balanced market and maybe to a buyer's market in some parts of the country because you know your competition is not going to be ready because you know that 99% of your competitors have only sold real estate during good times, which means they have virtually no real skills that are applicable to this market that's coming. Now, if you know that's true, if you're one of those agents that you've only sold real estate during the good times, you don't know it yet, but you do not have the skills for this new market. Do not wait to lose for you to discover what I'm telling you is true. Because what unfortunately a lot of you are going to do is you're going to lose and you're going to lose and you're going to lose and you're going to lose your way out of the real estate business because you did not actually set your ego aside except the fact that a new market requires new skills. Don't wait for the bad things to happen before you accept the fact you need to learn what this new market requires. It just makes sense. That's right. Let's go back to Jennifer for a second. One of the things we talked about was how to create, she has somebody in contract who's dealing with inspection problems and she follows all of these things we've talked about so far. She's not giving up. She's owning her success. She says, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So we're trying to get this deal together. But we talked about the fact that the way we have to craft it, where we're, you know, putting some of the repairs on top and we're changing the contract a little bit, renegotiating during home inspections. We talked about the fact that She shouldn't be surprised if the listing agent she's dealing with, and maybe even the lender, have not a clue about what she's trying to accomplish, what she's trying to put together, that it's even, you know, sometimes the the inexperienced listing agents will say, well, that's not legal, you can't do that, based on nothing, right? Based on Okay, so maybe they do have 10 years of experience, but not with this type of transaction. So I think that you're right, we're all going to have to be kind of going through this together and there are many different levels of expertise you're right that the grizzled veterans are excited i'll tell you where it even compounds Mm -hmm. is if you like when you see an agent who likes to talk about their dollar volume i sold 30 million last year whenever you see an agent that leads with that it's because they have a high average sale price 
any agent that's a production agent that sells lots of houses will say, I sold 60 houses last year, right? So agents that have a lower sale price but sell more homes are always going to tell you what their sale price was or their, how many homes they sold versus the flip-flop. So here's really where the most pain happens. The agent that's had to sell a lot of houses, even in what was a great market, in order to make whatever their financial goals are because their average sale price was lower, they're going to adjust quicker to this new market because they're used to having to do a lot of volume. The agents sure. that, are, generally speaking, are going to have the hardest time adjusting are the ones that have only sold during a great housing market, frankly, during a great economy, and have only and, and basically have a high average sale price. 100% agree, absolutely. And to your point about agents that have lower average sale prices but crank more units, they naturally do have a larger variety of experience simply because they have done, they've had to do more right. transactions. Well, a larger, yeah. a larger amount of experience with dealing with emotions. There's so many different sure. facets of being successful in real estate. There's not just knowing the skill set and how to like do all the analytical type stuff that's necessary, but there's a lot of doctor filling, a lot of emotional, essentially mindset stuff that you're going to have to work on, not just with yourself, not just with your staff when you have staff, but also with your buyers and your sellers. And Julie just mentioned mm -hmm. all the ancillary service providers as well. They're not going to be like, how many loan officers do you know right now that are having their best years ever? That'd be about none of them. Because most of the loan officers were feeding off refis for the last forever. And now that that train has permanently left the station for foreseeable future, a lot of those loan officers are panicking. You, you guys go down the litany of um, challenges that our industry is having. It all leads back to the same place. There's a massive skills deficit. And all you got to do is learn to adjust to the new market. Guys, listen. There are going to be over five million uh, five million transactions that are going to be done this year. There's two sides to each transaction. You know, there's a buyer and a seller side. That means there's two commissions. The average commission in the United States, the average sale price is something like four hundred thousand dollars. So you're talking about the average seller, let's say, paying somewhere around you know twenty, let's say, to maybe even you know uh, twenty four thousand, twenty somewhere in there, a lot. So each of these agents, buyers and sellers, they're getting paid a lot of money. That should tell you that there are still tons and tons of money that's being made in the industry. It's just being made by different people. And by the way, I didn't even mention new construction. So there is the, the agents that were making a lot of money during the past market are rarely the agents that make a lot of money during the transitioning market, let alone the market that's going to come. Because the agents that made a lot of money in the past market, they developed this mindset that they don't have to adjust. They're going to, they think that they can just wait around for the market to come back to them and they no longer, they never have to learn new skills. They're slow to shed unnecessary overhead. They're slow to accept the fact that what worked yesterday or even last year is not going to work today and certainly won't work tomorrow to generate leads, to basically, you know, transact. You guys get it? Being slow to react in a market like this, you're going to get consumed. Absolutely. Point, hundred percent agree. Point number nine, agents who are obsessed with success make informed, <coughs> excuse me, fact-based choices. For example, which broker to hang their license with and for what specific reasons. They're not making their decisions based on a Facebook survey from their real estate friend page, right? I, I think Julie's teeing me up for an EXP pitch, aren't you? Possibly. <laughs> you see me so coming there? I did see that. So uh, there's our warning for those of you who are uh, already with EXP. This is our time where we do remind all of you, yes, Julie and I are proudly associated with EXP. It's one of the best business decisions we ever made about three and a half years ago. We have one of the largest EXP revenue share groups. We would love the opportunity to earn the right to be a, your sponsor at EXP Realty. It, many of you, if not all of you, are going to be on the road to EXP sooner than later. It is, frankly, the reason that Julie and I chose EXP was simply for the fact 
that it was without a doubt the business model, the brokerage business model that was absolutely agent centric, not just giving lip service to that. The old question is, is what are you paying your broker? The new question is, what is your broker paying you? If you don't know what I mean, it's time for you to learn about eXp Realty. For those of you who have not yet chosen a sponsor and you're on your way to joining eXp Realty, please do consider Julie and I as your sponsor. It would be our honor to earn the right to be your sponsor at eXp Realty. Feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. That is my real cell phone number. Please do not call. I will not answer, but I will respond to all texts. So please text me directly at 512-758-0206 and just put an EXP in the, um, in the subject line and also tell me a little bit about yourself so we can get the conversation started. All right, Julie, next point. Next point, the most successful real estate agents don't recreate or reinvent or try to recreate or reinvent best practices. Instead, they learn from the best and find success faster as a result. The amount of time spent, money spent, you know, the waiting around, the dabbling in that some of you guys do, you know, you could be doing more transactions following a proven specific path. Though the old saying is uh, a smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. You can replace man with woman or however you want to do it. But the reality of it is the takeaway lesson should be that the smartest way for you to grow the fastest and for you to achieve the most, the quickest with the least amount of pain and hassle and trial and error is to not wait around and learn from your own mistakes is to learn from the mistakes of others. And the brilliant thing about real estate is frankly, there's so many people who have succeeded at an incredibly high level um, that you can do it. You will find your pathway forward. The easiest way for you to do it is obviously join our coaching program because I don't know exactly. I think since we started coaching, I'm sure we've had hundreds of thousands. If I mean, it might even be over a million, frankly, mm-hmm. people that have passed through our virtual halls. So if you're interested in joining um, Premier Coaching, the best part, first time ever, Premier Coaching is free. Just text the word Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or you just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. And remember, when texting, message and data rates may apply. So, Julie, let's wrap it up today. And you got this great quote from Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill said that, quote, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. So what are you conceiving and believing? And who's helping you to achieve that? Don't go through the real estate shift alone. Are you thinking big enough? Do you have definiteness of purpose? We talked about that yesterday. Are you obsessed with your real estate success? Or are you just seeing how it turns out? Homework assignments. Number one, join Premier Coaching if you've not yet done so. Text the word Premier to 47372. Homework assignment number two, and this is a carryover from yesterday. Make a list of all the things in your business, in your real estate business, that you absolutely will never do. No matter how much you know, we try to beg you to do this, whatever it is, what, is, what are the things in your real estate business that you will never do? Write those things down, three to five things. Next, I want you to write down three to five things that you love doing, that are great to do, that are part of what you think is part of your real estate daily you know, practice. What is it that the three to five things that you do every single day that you've been told are important in your real estate business? Now, I want you to notice something. For most of you, a vast majority of the three to five things that you say you'll never do in your real estate business, and I'm talking about primarily lead generation type things, by the way, I should have you know, basically give a better definition, but so three to five things you absolutely won't do for lead generation in your business and the three to five things you happily do in your business for uh, lead generation. So what are the three to five things that you won't do? Do you notice 
Those are all the things that are proactive lead generation. For the most part, most of you are fearful of actually doing the real work of real estate, the things that will actually result in you making money the fastest because it's a direct conversation with a potential ideally seller. Do you guys get that? The fact that the things that you will most likely not want to do the most, frankly, are the things that are going to most assuredly put you in a position to make money the quickest and help uh, people the fastest. Isn't that fascinating? And the things that you choose to do are the things that are the least effective. So why is it that you choose to do the things that are least effective? Because they require the least amount of skill and they have the least chance of rejection. Isn't that the essence of it? Now, not ever, all of you are going to be ready for that level of thinking. But for those of you who are, welcome to <laughs> Premier Coaching and welcome to our coaching family because you're now ready for the next step. But for those of you who aren't, I'm asking you this question. You really need to internalize this. Why is it that you are pretending to be in real estate as a real estate professional if you're not willing to do the real work of real estate, which is having direct proactive conversations with potential buyers or sellers, ideally sellers? Why is it that you're refusing to accept the fact that you are a real estate salesperson and once you're accepting that, you then your mission should be to become the best version of yourself as a real estate salesperson? Why delay it? Why procrastinate it? Why make it so that you have to suffer needlessly as you essentially, eventually, hopefully, before you fail out of the business, come to accept the fact that the highest earning, frankly, the most sustainable real estate practices are always predicated on proactive lead generation. And really, guys, if you want to have uh, increasing levels of success, but also increasing levels of motivation for your business and your personal life, the way to do that is to be a powerful listing agent because that is self-reinforcing. The momentum you get from taking listings and having consistent cash flow creates consistent income that you can consistently invest and you can then make more consistent passive income, right? You see all these things work together. It all comes from your willingness to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So if you've not yet done that list of three to five things on the, you know, essentially things you absolutely won't do and the things that you choose to do, if you've not yet done that, do that, at least do it in your head and then realize the things that most of you are willing to do are the things that are going to be the least effective at actually generating business for yourself. Which is why you're not getting maybe. Some some of you guys are doing really great. We've done podcasts right before this. It was how to deal with being overwhelmed because you've got so much pending. Most of our coaching clients are in that situation. But for the rest of you, to Tim's point, why would you delay that success? Are you actually obsessed with your success or are you just dabbling? So find out. Talk to one of our coaches. We'll let you know which end of the spectrum you're on. And then we will get you obsessed with your own success. We'll get you addicted to that. That way you can lather, rinse, repeat. And here's the thing that always amazes me. It's so much easier to, let me go back to the top of the podcast where you're saying simplify, don't overcomplicate. It's so much easier to pay attention and pursue the things that actually move you forward in real estate because there's only five or six, but you do have to get really great at those things. That's actually easier than worrying about getting ready to get started to someday have the confidence to possibly open your mouth and talk more about real estate. When I hear somebody say uh, they think it's important that they work on their brand, yeah. when that like, so what are you going to be doing? You're just, you know, new licensee. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is work on my brand. Okay. What exactly does that mean? 
I mean, so I'm going to make a logo, I'm going to make a website, I'm going to work on my social, I'm going to really define what it is that I'm supposed to be doing in the marketplace. In other words, what you're doing is you're basically taking the fast track to going broke because none of those things are actually going to result in you making money like any time, let alone any time soon. Instead of worrying about all those types of things, instead of worrying about your brand, which I know a lot of you have been seduced into believing is the most important thing, allow your brand to be formed around your success. It's a a Charlie Munger quote. We share this with you guys frequently because it's so powerful. Charlie Munger being the partner with Warren Buffett. Don't try to be famous yourself. Try to make the results you get for other people famous. In other words, your fam- your the fact that you sold the house, the service you provide, that's what's famous, not you individually. The pursuit of individual fame is nothing other than narcissism that most people grow out of by the time they're in their 30s, but not everyone does. So I want you to seriously consider who you're taking your messaging from, who you're actually listening to, and what you're in this business to do. Because really, at the end of the day, you're in this business to make money and help people. And Julie alluded to the things that you should be focusing on. It's very simple, folks. Proactive lead generation. That's the thing you've got to master first. Then you've got to master pre-qualifying. Then you've got to master presenting. I, you know, Mostly to sellers, but we teach how to present to buyers as well. You have to negotiate. Uh, uh, negotiating is the next thing. And then obviously lead follow up. When you do those things really well at the highest level, even if you never, ever have an agent website, never, ever spend any time on your logo, never, ever log into uh, TikTok, never, ever do any of the other things, you will make a fortune because the things that you have mastered are the things that many agents avoid doing their entire lives. Um, And frankly, that's where all the money is. The money is in the proactive lead generation, especially for listings. It's in learning how to present and take listings. It's in learning how to negotiate and get your listings sold. You guys see the recurring theme here? It's learning how to negotiate contracts. It's learning how to do really proactive lead follow-up where you pull all the listing leads out, even if they show up in your life as a buyer lead. All these things are in many, 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 many other things are what we teach you to do in the coaching program. We are unique in the marketplace, but frankly, we shouldn't be. There should be everyone that's saying, do what Tim and Julie says. Because what we're asking you to consider doing in your business will forever change not just the trajectory of your life, but the life of everyone in your family and all the other people you know, love, and care about that you choose to have influence on. So guys, please take this seriously, especially in this market. There's so many consumers out there that are going to desperately need the help of a caring, competent real estate professional. And you have to have the skills to earn the right to be that caring, competent real estate professional for those prospective sellers. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.